In our gospel text uh, from Luke, uh, Jesus is invited to a Sabbath meal at the house of a religious big shot. Um, the Greek word here is archontes, uh, which is a ruler. Um, and and it, it comes from the root of the word arche, which is the first. You've heard the word archetype. Um, the best, the highest. And that's the setup. Jesus comes to a Sabbath meal um, at the house of somebody who everybody wants to be with. And anyone who is anyone is there. And interestingly, they are looking for the best seat. And the religious people watch Jesus very closely. They're studying him. They watch him critically. Uh, the verb in this sentence um, has the sense of hostility. They're, they're, they're carefully seeing what he is going to do. And Jesus is carefully watching them. Um, he notices where they sit. And he notices that everyone who has come to this meal wants to sit by the big shot. And maybe there's some pushing and shoving and elbowing. And if you think about it, there's lots of watching in this story. They think they're watching him, but Jesus is watching them. I can imagine uh, a smile on Jesus' face, a, a roll of the eyes, a shake of his head, a sigh, a laugh, when he sees them scrambling for the best seats. Uh, years ago, when I was a college student at North Park, I was flying to uh, Chicago standby, and I was bumped off every flight. Um, I was at the airport early in the morning, and I was there until the evening, and I had tried to get on flight after flight to Chicago, and every time I almost got on, I would get bumped, and I'd have to wait again. I thought I was going to have to spend the night at, at uh, the airport. There was one last flight to Chicago, the last one. And um, it was a United Airlines flight. And everyone else had boarded the plane. And I was standing in the back. And a United Airlines uh, ticket agent, a man who had seen me miss every flight that day, looked directly at me. And he called out, are there any more standby? And uh, I ran to the counter. And he took my standby ticket, and he shoved it into a red envelope, 
and he scribbled a seat number on the cover and then said, first cabin. What? I asked him. What did you say? He handed me the envelope, gave me the ticket with a wink and a smile, and he said, you'd better hurry or you're going to miss your flight. So I scrambled down the ramp. They closed the doors after me. And I went into the airplane, and I was given the first seat in first class. The flight attendant, we called them stewardesses in those days, treated me like I had every right to be there. She welcomed me, made me comfortable, gave me a pillow and a blanket. We had a lovely meal. There was a choice of roast duck, filet mignon. I wasn't 21, so I didn't have any wine. And then after dinner, there was a hot towel. Do you remember those? First time somebody gave me one of those on an airplane, I looked at it, I didn't know what to do with it. Then I looked around, everybody's wiping their face and their hands, so I did the same thing. And there was some grumbling behind me. Snooty businessmen. What's that kid doing up here? We paid good money for these seats. They wouldn't shut up. You're going to give him what you give us? It's not fair. The stewardess smiled at me and then told them to shut up. <laughs> he has every right to be here, she said. And she took very good care of me the whole flight. And it was lovely. And during our descent into Chicago, I looked out the window and I saw a late summer moon rising over Madison, Wisconsin. I was last to get on the plane and I sat in the first seat with plenty of leg room. Those who exalt themselves, Jesus said, will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. When Jesus saw how the guests at the meal were trying to get the best seat for themselves, he didn't tell them a story about an overbooked flight where a kid who thought he was going to have to sleep overnight in the airport, instead, by the grace of the ticket agent, was the last one to get on the plane and ended up in the best seat on the plane, while all the people who paid full price for their first-class tickets sat behind him grumbling. That wasn't the story. But it was kind of like that. He takes on the big shots and the wannabe big shots. He takes them to school. The best seat, the best neighborhood, the best job, the most impressive resume, the best salary, the best place in line, the best title, the best visibility, recognition, the best connections. 
It's all about getting what you want, isn't it? Pushing and shoving, throwing a few elbows on your way to the top, getting respect, getting what you deserve, especially compared to the undeserving. Everyone is pushing and shoving, scrambling for the best seats in the house, while the undeserving, the uninvited, look in from the outside. You know, throughout the Gospels, and we've talked about this before, but um, they're always watching Jesus, and part of it is to see how he will interpret the law. And there is in the, the law of Moses a holiness code, but there is also a mercy code. The holiness code emphasizes what you do and what you don't do, where you sit and where you don't sit, what you touch and what you don't touch, and even more importantly, who you get close to and who you do not. When Jesus had to choose between holiness and mercy, he always chose mercy. You can go through all of the Gospels. You will not find one place where Jesus chooses holiness over mercy. The last over the first. The undeserving over the deserving. He was always eating with people no one else would sit down with. He was always touching people that no one else would even get near to. He, he, he was always holding people whose lives had come apart while the people who thought their lives were together stood and watched, shaking their heads. This infuriated the deserving. And it always has. In the parable, the host says to the last one in the door, friend, friend. It's a word of intimacy and a word of equality. Friend, you belong. Friend, come up here. The self-exalting, Jesus says, will be humbled and the lowly will be lifted up. You want the best seat in the house? Take the last. The parable of the wedding banquet is a parable of reversal. The pushy are knocked down, the humble, the unassuming are lifted up. And there's not a bad seat in the house when God throws the party. This story is about grace, not about reciprocity. Okay, I'll do this for you if you will do this for me. I'll give you this if you'll give this to me. No, it's about grace. It's about grace and mercy out of nowhere. <clears throat> Deserve has nothing to do with it. Such is the kingdom of God. In this story, the word invite is repeated eight times. And whenever a word is repeated many times in a text, pay attention to it. 
Accept the invitation, Jesus is saying, and there is a place for you. It's not about taking. It's about receiving with open hands and lives. The Lord invites you to this table. As the call to communion says, come not because you must, but because you may. Not to prove that you are righteous, that you are good enough, or better than somebody else, but because in your frailty and sin, you stand in constant need of his mercy and help. The worst seat is the best seat in the house when it is freely chosen and accepted. And there's room for everyone. At this table, there is room for everyone. Not a bad seat in the house. Amen.